Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Brandon Morales. I'm here with my good buddy Shane McKinney for another week of Dad Hats. Sorry I was away last week. Life gets in the way. Had to celebrate Mother's Day, but we are back. Tag team is here. How you doing, Shane? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I have to admit, I had a kind of a superior co-host last week. I hope you were taking notes when you listen back to the episode, man. <laughs> That's fair. I, You know what? <laughs> I can understand that. I mean, personally, personally, yeah, I got nothing. She's a, she, she handled it like a champ. You guys had really good back and forth. It was a good episode. So I got Honestly, some uh, big shoes so cool. to fill. Oh yeah. I got big shoes Honestly, to fill. It was, it was so cool being able to host my wife for her first mother's day. There, you, That's, that's how you celebrate a mother's day. Shout out to all the mothers. Um, so this week we're doing it a little bit different. We are getting on a little bit of a heavier subject. Wanted to talk about vaccinations. Now, as parents, obviously we have the choice to vaccinate or not vaccinate our children. I know you and I are kind of on the same scope of, well, not kind of, we are on the same scope of, we choose to vaccinate our children for many reasons. Obviously there is a group of people that, choose to not vaccinate for you know their own personal reasons um so we kind of want to talk about that we're going to talk about i mean we could talk all day about all the different diseases all the different viruses and all the different things that we can have vaccinations for but we'll be here forever and you and i are not scientists so we're going to try and keep it somewhat light uh just blow through a couple you know diseases that have that we have vaccines for uh, I know you did some research on the viruses yourself. Just to be clear to all our listeners, all of this research is not just opinion-based. This is hard evidence from, you know, scientific journals, peer-reviewed journals. So this isn't us just making up some, you know, information. Shane, why don't you kick us off with the first uh, virus? Okay. Uh, well, you know, one, I have to admit, I've been I'm kind of naive now that I'm really looking into it. It's a lot of information. You know, I always, yeah, I, the vaccinations and all that just seem, for me, was a no-brainer. I know that there are people that believe on both sides of the aisle when it comes to the approach and response to that. But for my wife and I, it was like, okay, it's scheduled. It's not something we think about um, because what well, we believe in what we've read and learned over time um, and starting with probably one of the most famous things that we did vaccination for for a long time was uh, smallpox. Um, smallpox killed at least a few hundred million people. Yeah. Uh, give uh, or take on the low end of the spectrum. I have a note saying that an estimated 300 million people died from smallpox in the 20th century alone, just in the 20th century. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that is horrible. Um, and I mean, when I'm just, I'm looking at the images of these, of these horrible, horrible, of this horrible, horrible virus, you know, people are just covered in what looks to be like welts and boils every square inch of their skin. I mean, maybe save for a few square inches, but uh, that with the like the horrible pains in their back and muscles, just constant fever, chills, uh, nonstop vomiting, and it can come in. I mean, just through contact. Yeah, it's someone. 
I believe, it's, is how easy it is to contract it. It's a disgusting disease, that's for sure. But what's, man, I was looking at how, um, you know, this is tied to the first uh, attempts at inoculating a, a, a virus or disease or whatever. Yeah. And did you, did you read, like, what the first versions of it, of it looked like, of the actual vaccination looked like? And what, what do you mean, what do you mean, like, what it looked like? So, you know, for us, that's, that's a needle, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty oh, standard. you mean rubbing the, the pus and, are you talking about rubbing the pus and... Yeah, or inhaling the powder of a pulverized yeah. uh, smallpox boiler, a, yeah. a boil. Oh, like, I almost can see why they protested it even back then. <laughs> that's, that is disgusting. Yeah. The, uh, the smallpox vaccine, it was first discovered in 1796. Uh, at the time, it, it was really the first vaccine ever to be mm-hmm. discovered. So the, the man who discovered it, Edward Jenner, carried out an experiment where he took cowpox, like basically pustule on the hand of a, a milkmaid, and he yeah. rubbed it on the cut of an eight-year-old boy because... The story is that if you contracted cowpox, which is not as deadly, it's, it's nothing compared to smallpox. It's minor in comparison mm-hmm. to smallpox. The thought was that if you contract this, then you're immune to smallpox because no milkmaids who ever had cowpox ever had smallpox. And they could be surrounded people with smallpox, but they never contracted smallpox. Huh, okay. So... The thinking was, if you contract cowpox, you don't get smallpox. So it was tested on an eight-year-old boy, and it worked. It's it's true. It happened. Uh, there was conclusive evidence that you know you never got uh, smallpox, and so that's how it started. By 1959, the World Health Assembly passed a resolution to undertake the global eradication of smallpox, and now it truly is an eradicated eradicated disease. And like yeah, we saw, like some 20 years later, they like yeah. announced that was no longer needed these vaccinations. Exactly. The only people that really get vaccinations are people that come from other countries, like from, uh, you know, like that are moving into different countries that tra- cross the border. I know people crossing from Mexico to America, they sometimes get them depending on their age and where they're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got one when I was in boot camp in the Navy. Uh, so if you're in the military, you get smallpox. It's, you don't have a, choice about it they're going to give it to you uh but yeah so it that's a like we said it was a devastating disease that is all but eradicated now because of vaccine uh i mean through plenty of trial and error of course oh yeah of course plenty of trial and error yeah that's it it doesn't happen overnight but sometimes you have to see the bigger picture when it comes to developing a vaccine for something that's potentially 100%. yeah lethal the uh, well, when, I, when i first when i first read that statement of him inhaling the pulverized <laughs> boil i shuddered oh, oh i couldn't i couldn't see yeah like you said advancements in science on how you get the vaccine like now it's it's basically like a little needle that they hold in their finger and thumb and they just like stab you over and over again like prick you over and over again in a small area mm-hmm. and you do you do get a lesion in that in that spot where they uh poke you you get a small lesion. It itches like crazy. It pusses like crazy. So you got to change your bandage out uh, on the daily, but you can't touch and you can't scratch it. And it itches so bad. And it is like, they tell you, don't touch it. Don't mess with it. Just change your bandage, take it off, put a new one on. That's it. Leave it alone. 
eventually it scabs up and it goes away and you're left with a little scar and that's about it. I'm one of those people where if I have a scab, I got to touch it. I, I am the same. In fact, today I picked a scab on my shin that I got when I was climbing up a wheel loader at work. I scraped my shin on the steps and same thing. It scabbed and eventually I was like, all right, well, I'm just, yeah, I got to pick it. So if it's I'm in the, sight, yeah, it's if I'm, off. if I am the same ilk, I have to pick a scab. <laughs> All right. The second uh, virus we want to talk about was tetanus. what did you find out about tetanus? Yeah. So tetanus is, I mean, still super common. It's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, it can develop like due um, to wounds and is especially fatal. Well, when you talk about the numbers of people who have actually died from it, like half are very young children mm-hmm. um, probably because they're always falling and getting hurt and maybe not getting treated properly. And if you're living in a very poor, dirty area, maybe a third world country, you don't have even the minor uh, cleansing elements available to you. If you get a cut or something, um, that small thing creates, uh, you know, big waves. Mm-hmm. I think even just last year, um, 30 some odd thousand or more people died from tetanus. Yeah. Um, I, I have a note saying that the world health organization estimated that in 2017, just 2017, 30,848 newborns died from tetanus, which is an 85% reduction since 2000, the year 2000. 85%, 85% reduction. So you figure like, this is a, this is a disease that is still prevalent. It is not, like smallpox or polio it's not something that can be eradicated because it's it it. so there's a lot of stuff to it um no but it's a safe preventative measure it's exactly the vaccine is a preventative measure like you said especially important for children but i know and and maybe in your industry as well you know we we sort like the soil garments and stuff from lots of different businesses and some of those are like metalworking shops exactly you know or whatever and so our sorters have that risk of being punctured um or whatever so we offer that for free that's just something that comes with working there we make sure everyone's taken care of and protected mm-hmm. and i didn't really understand the importance of it until i started getting them so regularly and i looked into it and i mean man just imagine you know the, the intense muscle spasms extreme lockjaw, like it's like you're stuck in your own yeah. body it, at its severe element, you know, before a fatal uh, level of uh, just something awful. Yeah, you think of a muscle cramp. Imagine having tetanus. Uh, we have, so one of my employees actually at my company, he was working and he was removing a, a bolt and a nut and he was holding it with his hand, which he shouldn't have been. He had leather glove on, but it's a th- very thin leather and it's fabric on the backside. He was trying to hold it up, and we always say, like, you know, put a rag or something there, something like with cushion, like a thick layer of mm-hmm. a couple of rags that if it doesn't spin, doesn't catch you. He didn't listen. He ended up doing it, and he gashed his hand, like, on the inside of his hand. It was bleeding really bad, so I had to take him to the restroom, wash it out, flush it out with saline, and we sent him to medical, to the clinic, to get a tetanus shot for preventative measures just because you don't – it's not something you want to mess around with. In fact, I was talking to Chris, and Chris was saying that as since he's a substitute teacher, he has to get a tetanus shot every year. It's required because you're going to be around children. You're going to be around situations where you don't want, you know, protect you and protect the children. Makes sense. So that is another thing that again, like we said, it can't be eradicated. I know there's a story, I believe it was in Washington or Oregon 
where a child came in, the parents, they were anti-vaccination people and the parents came in with their child who was having muscle spasms. It was like, yeah, he has tetanus. So they had to do a couple rounds of vaccinations on him. As soon as it went away, they'll suggest like, hey, you know, since we got rid of it, you should probably do the rest of the vaccination on your child. And they said, yeah. no. They said, no. They said, that's it. We got our treatment. They left. But I mean, that's just another example of where how imperative vaccines are for not just children, but for every person in general, the community. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't personally know uh, what we have kind of coined as an anti-vaxxer as someone, you know, close to me or that I work with that I know of. So I haven't been able to have an honest to goodness conversation with someone who either doesn't believe in it or doesn't give it credibility. It's hard to have that personal connection with someone. I would love for someone to write us or, or let us know, you know, what their thoughts are. Yeah. We have our beliefs and that's well and good and you have your, your beliefs and that's well and good. But I just, I can read their point of view, but I want to like actually talk to someone. You know what? I was talking to Andrew before we recorded and he's, he asked like, but you and Shane agree that you should do vaccinations. Right. And I said, yeah. And I said, part of me, which is Shane disagreed with me just for the sake of argument. I mean, obviously I want him and his family and his daughter to be safe, but just for the sake of argument, I wish it was you disagreed with me. And then we talked about it. I mean, not to get too stereotypical, but you, when you think of an anti-vaxxer, you think of those people who, you know, they're generally people that believe in, you know, evolution and believe in the science of evolution. But then when it comes to the science of vaccination, it's like they dis dispute it. Now, I know there is a large following of people that dispute vaccinations because they believe it leads to uh, autism. But there's been more than many, that. What's that? More than that. I mean, there's a large population that believes it um, relates to like autoimmune disorders as well. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing that you hear about in the news nowadays is people that link autism to it. And it's because. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean that that's that that's what they believe. Uh I mean, but it's not a new thing. I mean, in the eighteen thirties, people had I believe that when America instituted the that we need to start getting vaccinated, they saw that in United States and Europe as you're pro you're imposing yourself on our private life. It was uh because mm -hmm. when the compulsory vaccination laws passed in eighteen twenty one they saw it as a direct government assault on their communities by their ruling classes. So they felt like they're, you're imposing your will on us as free people. So, so instead of a, a self-preservation reaction, it was a politicized exactly. statement. Exactly. So they were anti-vax exactly on a, on a political level. Mm, they were anti-vax. That, that, uh, that sounds real familiar. Oh, man. <laughs> I wonder what's going on in the news right now. That sounds like that. Yeah, right? Ooh. Yeah. And you know what's funny is the people that are pushing back on not having not having quarantine are the same people that believe in vaccinations and stuff such like that too. More often than not. You don't really hear what, too much from the anti-vax community right now. You're not hearing too much from them. What kills me is the grown men saying, you can't tell me what to do with my body. Yeah, <laughs> it's all like... have been fighting for birth control like, forever. Like, it's so ironic. It's so ironic. 
but you know what? That, that's not the only thing that people do against pushback on vaccination because there's a large group of people that, because I mean, there's animal testing, whether you agree with it or not. Personally, I love animals. I am a huge animal person. I have dogs. I grew up with dogs, cats. I mean, I love horses. I love, I just love the animals. They're nice companions to have. You don't like to see any living thing being tortured at all. It doesn't matter what kind of, whether it's a monkey, whether it's a, a fish. I mean, it's still going to make me feel bad if I see something getting tortured. So there is the anti-vax community that pushes back vaccines because there's animal testing. Before it's tested on humans, they're going to test it on animals. Whether you agree with that or disagree with it, as much as I love animals, I would rather animals be tested than humans tested. I know it's a touchy subject, but that's the truth of it. I place human life above animal life. And it goes back to that. There's that quandary where it says, if, if your dog was drowning in the, in a water and there was also a person drowning in the water, which would you save? Now, I mean, I guess, what's that? Any more information? No, no, there's no, 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 no information. That's it. You see a dog drowning, you see a person drowning, which are you going to save? More often than not, people are going to save the person because, you know, humans, I mean, we have a higher level of understanding, a higher level of conceptualizing, like that is an actual person. We might consider that that life more valuable. Exactly. Maybe in a sense. Exactly. Exactly. Now, obviously, if you're given the information that that person was a murderous raper, you're like, well, piss off, go die, go drown. But you're not supposed to be given that knowledge. So yeah. yeah, there is those people that push back on it because there's animal testing. I can kind of understand that, but again, I would rather have animals tested over the testing. But I mean, if you if you feel that strongly about it, go ahead and volunteer yourself for vaccination before they do it for testing before they do it on animals. Then, if you feel that, yeah, strongly let, let about me know. It. Yeah, exactly. Let, let me know how that so goes. Exactly. Let me know how that goes. I appreciate you. I will, <laughs> I will I appreciate buy you around for your courage. Exactly. Um, I know yeah. we had one more. I, I know we kind of sidetracked a bit right there, but uh, we had one more major disease. Not so much major now that we were going to cover. Uh, what do you want? You want to introduce the, the last disease? Yeah, another really famous one that we probably all have heard of is uh, polio. If you're an American, you've heard of it because we had a president that had polio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. We all read that statement in school and had to ask what it meant. We all learned about that as a very at a very young age, and you know we all familiarize ourselves with that term in relation to you know being in a wheelchair and paralysis. Um, fever, like fever, kind of runs pretty common amongst all of them because you're just ill, and I feel like your body reacts like that with a fever. Um, so it's no different with polio, but there's oftentimes fainting, um, severe muscle weakness, or just shaking. Yeah. Um, it even can like stunt your growth overall. Mm-hmm. And just to the point where it's just simple, simply characterized as fatal. So whether that's muscle failure to the point of your body, just giving way. Um, yeah. And it obviously sounds just, just terrible, but in 60 years, I mean, we've had almost 60,000 deaths 60 years ago in a year to, I think a hundred ish, maybe a little less this last year. 
Yeah, there like right now you get like just a handful of cases, and it's it's not even people really born in the United States because we vaccinate for it. It's people that are coming in to America from other countries, from third world developing nations. That yeah, and polio polio can be transmitted through uh, what is it like a for unsafe or unhealthy food like service reasons. Yep. Um, through like I don't know fecal contamination in the water. Just yeah, basically, was, the the dirtier the living environment, the higher chance that you have of contracting something like this. Yeah. As recently as 1952, there was an epidemic where 58,000 new cases reported in the United States with 3,000 of them dying from the disease. So it's not something to be messed with. It's not something to, you know, take lightly. I know you don't see it very often, but like you said, you don't see it very often here in America at all. It's, it's not something that, Oh yeah, you know it's not something like we're having right now with COVID nineteen. It's definitely nothing like that. Well, you know, I think the most important takeaway when it comes to the to what we have learned about vaccinations and and their history and how it's played out is the more knowledge we have, the more data we collect on their symptoms, that their death toll and rate, you know, their infectious um, risks and and all that the more we understand that these things should become mandatory. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you want to, yes, everyone should have their freedoms. I totally, I totally agree with that concept in almost every, every, in almost every single scenario. But at some point we are in our lives, you know, we need guidance. And uh, if the thing that you are struggling with the most is um, medical advancement, and the saving of lives and the doubling of life expectancy in just under 200 years that all coincided with the development of the 15 most popular vaccinations. You're really, you can't argue those facts. Yeah. You, you you, cannot argue that you're really trying to disbelieve for a purpose. And I just want to know what that is, why that is. I mean, and that's the thing is if you don't want vaccination for a religious reason, that is something I can understand. And I can respect that. That is your religious belief. That is your right. And I, that 100%. might be the case. And I, need, and that's, if so, I need to do more research on that because that could be an option. There is any, in 1905, the U S Supreme court ruled in Jacobson versus Massachusetts that the need to protect the public health through like Justin, for instance, the smallpox vaccination outweighed an individual's right to privacy because you're looking at the, the, the more, the common good you're looking at, the broadscape, rather than just you, Shane, as an individual, we're looking at the entire United States. Obviously, the United States doesn't have power to go say every other country in the world better do it right now. We have power of ourselves, mm-hmm. right. but but your right to privacy is not more important than the safety of the rest of the nation. And I and I look, I am a big fan of privacy, your personal liberty. Hundred percent agree with that to an extent because even i will say that my personal privacy does not outweigh the safety of the nation the safety of the world in in sense there's a reason why we've been quarantining right now during this whole COVID 19 series yeah do i want to go out do i want to have freedom do i want to build this of course i'm an extrovert i would love to be able to go out and do stuff the fact of the matter remains is that we're not at liberty to do that right now because we need to look out for not just ourselves but the rest of everybody else people that are at risk for it yeah if the things that you want to do um affect someone else's ability to do the things that they want to do 
exactly then, then it then it no longer qualifies as a freedom that only affects you exactly a hundred like, exactly and people don't seem to understand that so yeah if us- you can if you can somehow do all those things you want to be free you want to get out then you need to go into the middle of the biggest lake on the planet and that's fine if you can do that then go be free you know like the people that are out hiking and stuff like hey good on y'all like you're getting out you're doing your thing you're being safe you're social distancing there's only a couple of you that sounds good you found a way out but if if you think your freedom is being infringed on because you can't get a beer and a haircut uh, i'm sorry that's i don't know if that qualifies Look at right now. I mean, obviously you, you can see my hair cause we're on zoom right now, but for the rest of the listeners, my hair is not been this long since I don't, I can't remember how long my hair is so long. I've been dying for a haircut. I'm not used hey. to having my hair. Like I'm used to having my hair in rags and having clean cut and everything like that. And right now I just feel like, I feel like shaggy. I just feel so not the rapper shaggy wasn't me. Uh, I feel literally just gross, unkempt, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's awful. I'm having to look at this and it's exactly see? very distracting. Thank you. Exactly. I know. I know. You see my bedhead. It's, it's outrageous. But again, it goes back to, do I want a haircut? Of course. Can I get a haircut right now? No, because my haircut is not more important than the safety of myself, my family. And even if I don't know you, it's my hair is not more important than your safety. It's literally the smallest price to pay. You can't exactly. Get exactly. <laughs> Come on. But you have people that want to put that priority over the safety of others. And it just, hey, it's maddening. Hey, if you're listening to this and, and you disagree with us. And you please think write that, us. Email us. Yeah, you think that we're wrong. Please, we'd love to have you on. And then let's, let's have a debate about it. Yeah, that reach be, out to us. Great. You can, our, our Instagram handles are on the website at thebarkermedia.com. Please reach out to us. Direct message us. Our Facebook links are on there. Our Instagram links are on there. Our Twitter links are on there. Reach out to us. Direct message us. If you have an argument to make, we are open to argument and not in a rude, condescending way. Like this will be an open argument, fact-based argument. Maybe you'll teach me something. Exactly. And so I want to hear it. And if if you're arguing that you don't like uh, uh, vaccines because there's the link to autism, there have been countless medical researches research studies done the big thing is that there's a thimerosal which is found in a lot of vaccines they link that to autism that has been debunked a series of scientific studies have demonstrated that there is no connection no casual connection between thimerosal and autism but people still want to hold on to the fact that oh it it causes autism no there is medical professionals scientists have debunked that theory you know i think um not only the people that connect those dots but there's also i think a pretty decent population that don't vaccinate just because they they don't feel it's natural yeah you know it's got nothing to do with autism or autoimmune disease it just or you know it's also been linked to like eczema sometimes severe eczema development after the vaccination but they just don't like the idea of having a lot of um outside chemicals being injected into the body purposely. Um, they feel like it's, it overwhelms the system in general. It's just not good for you. It's unnatural. And if it's not a natural solution to a natural ailment, then it shouldn't be given. And I, 
I can understand that. And I also say, screw that because I have asthma. If we're leaving things all natural, I should be dead right now. I was two years old and I was airlifted. Yes, my asthma got better as I grew older. I was playing sports. I got, I kind of willed it. My, my parents put me in sports and kind of willed my body. And it, I, 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 I remember playing soccer vividly. I remember playing soccer, trying to run, having an asthma attack, running to the sideline. My dad gave me a puff and inhaler back on the field. Like I didn't even take a break. It was literally run to the sideline, get a puff, keep going, Brandon, let's go. And it was just, <sighs> I can breathe again. And I'd keep playing. And eventually like my lungs grew stronger and I grew out of it. Doctors told me I would never grow out of it. Again, I was airlifted. I was turning blue in my dad's arms and he tells me about it. And he told me about it. I was turning blue in his arms. The, the paramedics that were in the helicopter with me had to keep repeatedly stabbing me with a needle to just to keep me in pain, screaming to keep air in my lungs, just to keep me going. So for all the people that say like, well, it's not natural that it's like, you know what, if you want to be natural, I would be dead right now. If we lived in the 1800s before we had treatments for asthma, I would be dead right now. So vaccines cause are, are the causation of death, are the causation of repairing this natural course that you want to follow. Vaccines lead to better health, lower death rates, and improve society. But if you want to argue that, like, by all means, please, we'd love to have you on the show. We'd love to introduce you. You can give yourself your background, your credentials, anything of that nature. Not again, that we have any special credentials. Yeah, exactly. Again, Shane and I are not scientists. We're not anything like that. Like, nothing like that. But by all means, we would love to have you on. Yes. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be a good <laughs> debate. That would be a fun debate. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, let's try and end things on a light note right now. Let's try and Shane, when were you wearing your dad hat this week? You know, um, a couple days ago I was catching up on the last dance and normally I can only get my daughter to chill when I'm holding her, like if I'm walking around mm-hmm. and after the five, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 miles or whatever that I put into work every day, I don't always want to walk a hole in the ground. <laughs> when I come home from work also. <laughs> uh, so uh, she was actually just like for the first time, just super content, just sitting up like oh, she's a normal human now? being. Like sitting up. I sitting mean, up not on her own. Oh, okay. My wife just kind of leaned her up next to me and I expected any moment for her just to go rigid and get furious because she wasn't perfectly in one of the positions that she likes to be in. But she just looked at me and then started watching The Last Dance with me and just chilled. So what I'm understanding is that your daughter is a huge... Michael Jordan fan. Yeah, I mean, she did have her tongue out a lot while we were watching. Makes sense. That makes sense. And at one point, she was smoking a cigar, so... That is... I might have you found her idol. That... I can see that. I can see she might... She might be taking on a Michael role right there. You better watch out for her. I, I realize that's not really an accomplishment or anything. You know, I wasn't <laughs> wearing it like I accomplished something, but... It was it just so nice. Like, it just, yeah, it felt good. In that moment, I'm like, man... I can't wait to do this forever. Just watching sports or something with my family, my daughter, you know, right next to me. It was just, it was just a good feeling. It literally is. It's the little things like that. Just hang out. The littlest things like that, that just feel good. Cause mine is very similar to yours. I was holding my son. This happened just yesterday. My son is at that age where he does not want to sit still. He wants to just play. He is exactly like I am, which means he is full of energy wants to just get into everything and he's a troublemaker 
but yesterday I was feeding him because the our pediatrician told us, you know, like let's keep the bottles going until because he's in such a good good health, such good size and length and like that that let's keep him on the same path he's on. So I was feeding him his bottle yesterday and cuddling with him, it doesn't happen. He doesn't cuddle as much as he used to. He used to be he used to love being held under that. Now it's like no, let go of me. But yesterday I was just feeding him his bottle and he was just hanging out with me. And he was like, you know, reaching his little hand up and like rubbing my beard and playing with my face and like that. And it's just, oh, again, it's the little things. We were just hanging out. We were watching Elmo on YouTube. Elmo's got the moves. You got the moves. Like we were just hanging out and just enjoying. Hey, my kid's watching The Last Dance. Your kid's watching Elmo. Our kids are not the same. (laughs) They are not the same. They are not the same. One is going to be a baller and one is going to be your kid. It's all right. My son's already been slam dunk. You've seen the videos. My son's already been slam dunking on his, on his little tykes, uh, basketball hoop. Everything. I want to see a, Everything I has turned see a into reverse double pump. All right. Oh, he already did that. Everything has turned into slam dunking a ball. It doesn't matter if it's a ball. It doesn't matter if it's his little toy car. If it's his Woody. If it's his little toy block of cheese or corn for his little kitchen set. He has everything is. Put it in the basketball hoop. All has to go in the basketball hoop. Everything gets to put. He wants to put himself in the basketball hoop because his aunt plays with him like, put your head in, put your head in. So basketball is like, we take him on walks. No, no joke. Bold, we take him on walks. Bold strategy. Yeah, bold, let's see how it works. <laughs> uh, we take him on walks, and one of the neighbor's house has a full-size basketball hoop, and he's pointing at it like he wants to play with a full-size basketball hoop. And it's like, Ezra. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's a little bit too tall for you right now, son. A little bit too tall for you. He just needs to develop enough coordination to get a rebound. If it bounces off like one of those little hoops you put on the door, mm-hmm. that way you can just sit there and shoot and go back and forth with him. He's learning to go pick it up, like follow the ball a little bit. And now he's learned – Cause I'll do a bounce pass to him. So he's learning to just try and throw it down at, at me. And I'll say, good throw, good throw. And just encouraging. So he's, he's learning. He's getting there. The next thing is I'm going to get him a T-ball set. So, all right. Who is your dad of the week? I know we spoke about it before. We, you know what? Let's just say who our dads of the week are. Definitely. The two fathers that we want to salute to are Chris Ferreira and Andrew Keough. And Chris you and might Andrew- be wondering how they somehow conceived a child. Well, that child <laughs> is the mascot <laughs> that of child- this, uh, this company. Chris and Andrew, who are actually here where I'm at recording right now, are listening and looking at me. Chris and Andrew are dads of the week because, yes, they have their love child, Banjo. And they have also birthed our media <laughs> company, The Barker Media. Do you guys want to come in and say a couple words of uh, thanks for being fathers they're looking at each other no no they're they keep their love a secret they're gonna keep their hey, love we need, a secret <laughs> we, need, we need a word at least from the ringleader chris we do need a word from the ringleader hello everybody um i don't know what i'm supposed to be saying to everybody but it's a <laughs> pleasure to be on dad hats this week uh and uh, well, we wanted to, we wanted to honor you chris as as one of our dads of the week since banjo is yours and andrew's love child I mean, I do treat him like he is my child. He gets scolded regularly. I feed him and take him on walks. 
And uh, I'm kind of being the dad right now of this uh, location we're at because I'm uh, making us food and got us some white claws. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I accept this honor with solidarity. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Truly a gentleman. A gentleman and a scholar, but not necessarily in that order. Thank you, Chris. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us on another week of Dad Hats. Make sure you check out our other shows on the Barker Media. We have quite a few options for you. We've got Barnum's Blitz, On Your Mark, Pick Your Poison. We're going to have a new show coming on here pretty soon by one of our members, Christina. Again, give us a check. Give us a follow. If you disagreed with anything we said today, please reach out to us. We would love to hear your input and don't just bring, you know, anger and hatred and frustration. Like bring your ideas. No, bring whatever you, bring whatever you want. All oh right? yeah. Just yeah. You know what? I'll see you on the court. I'll see you on the court. You better bring your A game. Bring, bring facts, bring, I mean, it can be opinions, but again, if you want to come and debate it, it's going to be a debate. It's not going to be an argument. There's not going to be heavy emotion behind it. It will be a debate. All right, your honor. I rest my case. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks.